All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Concert Crap Podcast. I am your host and producer, Chris Ventura. Welcome. We're at our year-end show. And for the first time ever, I'm not by myself on the introduction. I'm here with Ali, Gigi, Sam, Christine, and Matt. And the Concert Crap family together at last. All right, so we are going to be discussing our look back at the year 2020, the ups and downs, our hopes for the future, and the songs that made it for us for this year and got us through it. Um, so we're going to get started, and Allie, take it away. So I think we can all agree that 2020 did not end up the way any of us expected it to end up. We had personal things that were canceled. We had music, which was no longer a thing. And it just, you know what, wasn't the way we expected, but you got to keep on pushing forward. And at least within the music industry, this time gave a lot of artists way more time to just be at home and create music, come up with a new game plan for the future of music, which is still undecided with everybody and unclear. But I think we can all say that within this time, there were still good music elements that came out of it. So I guess the first, does anybody have a song of 2020 that just resonates with you? It kept you going throughout the entire year, anything like that? Okay, I'll, I'll jump in here. Okay, I'm going to go with a song by Mac Miller, um, which uh, from his album, which is posthumously debuted, I guess, this year. It uh, was in January. And the song specifically that I feel like stuck out the most for this year was Blue World. And just because like, the lyrics are kind of like in true Mac Miller fashion, it's kind of like an upbeat song, but the lyrics are a little bit solemn. And I feel like it just went along like with, with the year in general. And just because like he died and everything, I think that was what, like a year ago now. I don't know. It was really, like, it was really sad for me. I wasn't like a huge Mac Miller fan, but I think it was so sad that like, just like the circumstances in which he passed away. And then just to have like this whole album that he had created before he died be released in the beginning. And obviously we didn't know it was to come, but I just like the lyrics in that kind of just went hand in hand with 2020. Definitely. I know a lot of people too, that weren't big Mac Miller fans. I feel like once he passed and it's unfortunate that a lot of times when an artist passes or a shitty situation like that happens, they get more recognition and that sucks, but definitely I feel like I've seen so many more people that have been like, wow, he really relates to so many people. And it's a shame we don't get his music anymore, but at least he left us with some good stuff to go with. Um, I was gonna, I'm going to jump in real quick. And I, I had a really hard time picking a song. Honestly, I really couldn't. Um, I mean, if I can be real honest with you, a lot of my time listening to music was spent when I was commuting back and forth to and from work or hanging out with my friends. And so when all that went away, I just kind of became a recluse and watched TV and stared blankly into the distance, you know. So my music consumption went way down, which is unfortunate. So a lot of what has brought me back up is just kind of going through my old collection. It was actually just nice to just have some free time to sit back and revisit some old albums I haven't listened to in a long time. So there wasn't any one song that kind of got me through this. It was just a collection of a bunch of different genres and, and music that I just kind of forgot about and that just kind of brought me back up. And I forgot the importance of music and how 
that can that's definitely a part of everybody's life i think and the absence of music uh can really can really be detrimental to i i would even say just your mental health so i miss the concerts yeah but i kind of took took some time off for music and then when i decided i could do that again and re-listen to it and it was just a really nice nice thing so there was not one song that i could pick i just there was just so much that i had missed and it was nice to just listen to again it was very comforting to listen to music again Honestly, I had the exact same feelings um, when it was asked that, uh, to choose a song that summarized or sums up 2020. I didn't think about any songs that came out this year. The only song that popped up in my head was Goodbye to You by Michelle Branch. That's the one song. I do not know why. I haven't heard that song in like years, but I was like 2020 was sums up 2020. Probably that song, Michelle Branch. So... I don't know. I don't have like a song either to pick for this year. I can't stop hearing that song in my head now. <laughs> I know. As soon as she said it, I could hear it. I could hear it right away. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. <laughs> okay, I, I definitely agree with not being able to pick a song of the year because every month I usually go through and play the same three songs on repeat. So, and those are like my main songs. So pretty much the two songs that are on repeat right now for me are Therefore I Am by Billie Eilish, which is just, I don't I don't know what it is about that song, but I just really think that it was just very nicely worded. And then I Should Probably Go to Bed by Dan and Shay. And although the lyrics are kind of, they're, they're just about, you know, uh, like a guy and a girl, like I don't resonate with that, but I resonate with the I Should Probably Go to Bed because I really feel that. <laughs> Oh, one quick aside real quick. I just wanted to say it is so nice. Do you know who we just heard from? We heard from Sam of the Country Music Minute, which we never hear more than a minute of her. And thank you for being here. Oh, my God. It's so exciting for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Sam. I really appreciate having you on tonight. Well, I'm glad that I can finally join. (laughs) Uh, How about Matt? You have a song of of the year for you? Yeah, so while you guys were going, I was definitely pondering this question, too. I have definitely had conflicting uh, uh, viewpoints because, like, just trying to think of all the year- the music that came out this year and also resonate with uh, the people who went before me saying that I always pick the three songs to shuffle because I'm definitely guilty of that myself. But uh, w- uh, that question, when it comes to mind, two songs from this year come to mind and the one song that came out a couple years ago came to mind. Two songs that came out this year were uh, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Um, I just like the fact that it's so catchy and it's upbeat. Like, it's probably the most played song that I had this year in 2020 alone. And yeah. uh, just looking at looking at a hindsight, the fact that it's just like a so like get going, like have fun song. Uh, I felt like it came at a good time. You know what I mean? Because we're all isolated. We're all, you know, by ourselves. And, you know, there's not really like any chances to go out and have fun. To throw that song on and just like dancing room or something like that, you instantly feel better. Um, another song that got me through was more of like a like sappy sad song called "Moral of the Story" by Ash. Um, Ash is an artist I definitely got into in the past year. Um, that was her breakout single. She consistently played on K Rock recently and at XM. The song's basically about um, picking up the pieces after a divorce. Uh, she went through a divorce, but it could be applied to anybody that's gone through a bad breakup. And um, I guess that was just kind of my like my sad, sappy song that I would go through 
you know, just when I was having those like emotions of whatnot, just trying to help heavily process like, you know, all the things that, you know, might have not vocalized over this past year. And then the final song that came out a couple of years ago that helped me get through was We Got This by A Day to Remember. That's kind of like an uplifting song, like, you know, hey, like we're kind of down about us, but you know, things gonna be all right type of vibes. And you know, I love that band. That band's been like one of my favorites for like years. And I always, you know, just it's go back. It's a great life. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, I, miss, I miss the self help stuff. That's the thing. Not to cut you off, yeah. but it just reminds you of self help. And yeah. they're so awesome. <laughs> I know, right? That was actually yeah. uh, funny enough the second to last show that I went to and the last festival I went to before shutdown. Because I went to uh, self help near the tail end of that year. And then in the beginning of 2020, I went to uh, Periphery at um the Wiltern and then that was it i was trying to uh you know i had a, a friend who played in this band called royal coda and i was trying to get into the dance Gavin dance show and it's funny that i'm like talking about this right now too because that was literally the day shutdown got announced and then this all this was like trickling in and whatnot i was like literally waiting to like you know doors like normally to see if i got you know on the, the well call and then i saw like on the news saying like you know governor issues emergency shutdown and it's just crazy to think about everything that's happened since that point and yeah it's also kind of sad too to think about like you know we don't have a clear idea when shows are going to happen again but you know it's just crazy just to think about everything that's happened this year alone yeah absolutely god i feel like you guys totally shit on me for your songs for 2020 (laughs) my song the song that got me through it's like, and sorry, Corey, you're going to shake your head at me so fucking hard right now for this. It is such a generic COVID song, but the song Zen by ex-ambassadors K-Flay and Grandson. Basically, they wrote it in a few days right when COVID had started, and it kind of sounds like a Beck song in a sense, and it's literally just kind of like, not even a pun on COVID. It just kind of relates to how so many people are feeling just being locked up and wanting to get out. And I just, it was one of those songs that I heard it. And anytime I hear it, I just had to sway side to side. And it's like, all right, I'm going to sing along with this. And life isn't that bad. So That's awesome, Allie. I love all three of those artists too. So I'm definitely going to check it out. And now you mentioned that too. Also, I remember K-Flay recently put out like a three song EP of 90s covers. I don't know if yes. you heard that, but that was, uh-huh. that was definitely one of my favorites. The fact that she covered Break Stuff by Lynn Biscuit is totally yes. in my ear. Yes. And Matt, I know you and I have the same love for Lynn Biscuit, so. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, Allie, I'll make you feel better because uh, a song that I could pick that actually made me feel better once I, once I heard it on the radio again was uh, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. I know, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, everybody start God. throwing tomatoes at me. All I know, right, I'm sorry. Out of here. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I just like that song, darn it. Okay. Okay, I have to say. <laughs> well, sorry, what were you saying, Gigi? Chris, did you listen to that like all year or only Christmas time? Uh, no, 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 just Christmas time. But when I when I knew it was coming up and I heard it first played, I'm like, oh, yes, this is the time. You did a little shoulder Yes. <laughs> I have to get the slightest bit off topic for just a second but because of mariah carey and christmas songs uh a tradition with my family every or every christmas eve we would listen to oh holy night the mariah carey version and the celine dion version and we would listen to it at the volume just blasted all the way the hell up 
and every year we would vote on who was best. Every year it was the same winner, but it was just a thing that we had to listen to every year. So Mariah Carey, you and Christmas, get it, girl. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you for making me feel better. Awesome, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> So we also uh, were looking at a list of different things that happened throughout the year in relation to uh, music, um, both uh, memorable, memorable because they were both maybe significant and sad or significant and good, something that we could celebrate. So I sent out a list of different things to take a look at as to what happened this year in music. And there was a lot of different things that happened in music that stuck out uh, to a lot of people, but... We asked everybody to pick two different things that uh, stuck out to them, and let's kind of go around and see what everybody had to say about that. Uh, Allie, what do you what do you think? So, I'm kind of going. It doesn't really have to do with like COVID stepping out of the boundaries and everything, but I just want to. Two of my favorite bands had kind of milestone moments this year. So, Bad Flower. They had their single "Ghost." It re or it hit uh, gold on record sales and everything. So huge deal for them. And also, Three Eleven. Shout out to my fiance Kyle. This is for you. Three Eleven had their thirty year anniversary. So <laughs> I just have to give props where it's deserved. Okay, Allie, I have to ask you this question: Do you watch Eric Andre show? So I watched it ever since I told you about my whole when we were watching the 311 live stream and you talked to me about it. I started watching all of his like little like 311 features and the one time we got <laughs> Oh my gosh, freaking hysterical! And the 311 was actually on one of the um, their yeah, <laughs> so funny. Got to add. Anybody else want to jump in on this? Uh, two things that you found memorable this year in music for you. Ooh, okay. So the two biggest ones for me, this one's like personal just because I love her. Um, the Britney Spears conservatorship, like that to me, like I think people knew about it, but this year, especially it feels like everyone was like paying attention to Britney, like a little bit more like on her social media and kind of what was going on, um, with her and her dad and all of that law stuff. Um, cause her posts on Instagram were crazy and they were really, really alarming and I mean, I could really get into it, but um, I think just the fact that I think this year alone, the judge extended her conservatorship with her dad uh, four times yeah. in a year. And mm-hmm. it's just, it, I mean, it's insane. And I feel like a lot of people were um, just a little more aware of what was going on with her and her next um, court hearing or whatever isn't until February of next year. But I don't know, that that was a really big one for me because I feel like it was a little bit less of like, oh, Brittany's so crazy to like hold on, wait, something's really going on here, like something very serious. Um, So that was a really big one for me. And then the second one, um, which I feel like we can all just like really, really celebrate this one. I was so excited to hear um, was the uh, NIVA, which was like the Save Our Stages. It stands for National Independent Venue Association. Um, Congress passed 15 billion to, um, to like live venues, like small venues and stuff. There's actually a list that you can go onto and you can pick the state and it shows you like just all of the um, small venues, like independently owned venues that were saved by this, which is so cool. Cause I mean, just going down the list, like especially in California, obviously that's where I live. Like there was a ton of places that I've been to and I would have been so sad if they were gone. So yeah, that's really good news that we can all celebrate. That's good. Um, Yeah. yeah, I, I forgot about that. That's I forgot about both of those things you mentioned, actually. Those are very important things. 
especially the Britney thing. I feel bad. I had no idea that that was the situation. But yeah, it did come to light for a lot of people. And I think that I think people are going to be a little, a little bit more understanding of uh, the situation. And, and hopefully she gets out of that because I think that's absolutely terrible. And as far as the live venues, I mean, yeah, thank goodness. I mean, they need a lifeline right now. And I would definitely be sad, too, if there's a lot of venues that closed around me because, like, I live in Southern California with you, too. There's a lot of memories out here, a lot of people with jobs, a lot of people who want to go out there and play. And so that's part of – I don't want to – see, I don't want to talk about missing concerts because Corey said not to talk about that. But I I, (laughs) – yeah, he said – yeah, he's going to hit me when he sees me. I, 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 It's just I'm glad to see that these venues will survive. All right, I'm done now. Okay, so what about <laughs> Sam? How about you? Okay, so one of the biggest things that comes up every time my friends will talk to me is about Taylor Swift and her master's and the big fight for her getting her master's back. And everyone's like, I don't even know what master's are. <laughs> and so I end up having to explain it to them. And then they're like, well, that doesn't make sense. She made it. So it's interesting to kind of see what people think because, I mean, me personally, I think that it's her parents' fault. She was a kid when she signed and lost her master's. And that was up to her parents. But it's interesting to see because a lot of people are like, well, that must just be the music industry because from my music industry friends, they're like, well, that's just the music industry. Sucks to suck. And from people who are on the other side are like, well, that's not fair. That's her music. So I thought that was interesting. And another thing also around Taylor Swift is that she actually uh, made a return to country music radio with the release of Betty off her Folklore album. So that was crazy because she hasn't been on country music, like on the radio for country in so long with her new music or anything like that, because they officially like declared her pop uh, you know, years ago. So it's crazy to like have her back because now people are thinking that she might jump back to country again, which I know from uh, a lot of country fans that I know will not like that. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she's been making a lot of moves this year and it's been in the news a lot. (laughs) There's still like rumors about her being what married or engaged to Taylor Swift. Honestly, yeah, I don't even follow Taylor Swift. Day. I'm not even a fan of Taylor Swift. I this is just stuff that like has come to me, and I'm like, oh, okay. So I, like read up on it, and I know that she's had like the Masters problem for years now. So they just got resold again without her knowing. Yeah, I feel like her and Britney Spears kind of have that like in common. I feel like Britney Spears' like father had like some um, ownership over her music too, right? I, yeah. I think, she said I she wouldn't so. perform again until her, her dad um wasn't a part of that anymore. And then the next day a single yeah. drop. Um that was being exclusively sold by Urban Outfitters. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. She was very young when she started. Now going into wow. the music industry and somebody who doesn't own their songs anymore, this one stuck out to me that Bob Dylan sold his entire songwriting catalog of over six hundred songs to Universal I- Music Publishing Group. And so that's that's all theirs now. And the company says that they'll collect money anytime another musician covers the songs. They earn revenue whenever the songs are used in commercials, movies, streamed, sold commercially or on on uh, CDs or broadcast. So that's kind of sucks. I mean, that's a whole sellout to the music oh, industry yeah. and it's just buying and selling somebody's artistry. I think that's too bad. Um so now they own all that. They control all that. And 
some of those songs were so um like I feel like they were counter not I say counterculture, but they were kind of like in a way songs like old stories. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Go ahead. The song Hurricane about the old uh boxer who were just I don't know, Bob Dylan, he literally he would take a piece of history or just a life story that he had. And he would literally turn his songs into a poem and his music was just straight poetry that that's like crazy to think that he's not the one to own the rights to that. Wow. I didn't know that. I, it doesn't sound like Bob Dylan at all. Yeah. A little. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was surprised by. I know, I know the songs too, and it just didn't seem like something he would do, but yeah, the whole catalog is now a corporate commodity. So it's like, oh, Hello. <laughs> that's a blemish. Thanks, 2020. And then the other thing that, um, let's see. So, okay, so we got past that. That's something that's bad that happened in 2020. But the thing that I remember most, and I'm going to sound so basic when I say this, but it was the moment uh, when uh, J-Lo and Shakira performed the halftime show at Super Bowl. I'm sorry, but the me- the medley of the songs of that they did were were so like um memorable for me and my friends who were watching it uh I liked it the all the girlfriends I was hanging out with watching the halftime show they loved it and we were I guess it was just so nostalgic and like oh my god they're doing that song oh my god that it wasn't so much about what I guess was criticized later about being risque I didn't think it was risque at all but apparently uh there was at least a thousand complaints that it was risque I don't think so I don't think so at all I thought it was a great performance, and that was something that was really memorable. And also, let me get melancholy by saying, this was also the last time that that particular group of friends and myself got together inside a house to hang out and drink and eat and watch a game together. And then after that, everything shut down. So that was the Super Bowl, and then that was the end of that. So it was bittersweet. I love that memory. Everybody was having such a great time, but it was such a great performance as well. So for me, I don't care if I sound basic, but I really like that moment in history for music this year. (laughs) Look what he did, Corey. We're so afraid to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, said that as one of my one of my favorite memories too. Um, I know people have so many like issues, and and rightfully so with the NFL as a whole. But to me, it was such like a powerful moment for like all these like Latinx like performers to come together, like minus Pitbull because he wasn't there. He wasn't invited. Um, But like, I don't know. It was really cool to see like all of them come together because I remember like last year it was Maroon 5 and that was so boring and just so like generic. (laughs) This one just like, it it just like sexy. I'm sorry. Everyone that thinks that Adam Levine guy is sexy, no. <laughs> I, last year, this is going a little bit off topic, but just, I don't know, like last year when Maroon 5 played, I was at this party with friends and there were these two, there was a couple there and they were grinding to the song, I don't know, some Maroon 5 song. And I was like, it's Maroon 5, dude. Like, what are you I'll, doing? I'll grind to move like Jagger. <laughs> I'll grind to that song, but I would not grind to anything else by them. <laughs> So thank you, Shakira and JLo and Bad Bunny. And I think Maluma was there too, right? Oh my God. I just remember about that performance is the fact that back in the 90s, I don't know if it was the same thing for you guys, but it was like either JLo or Shakira or Christina Aguilera. You got to choose a side. So when I saw them uh, perform together, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> they, com- like, they combine their powers to just make this spinning. brilliant show. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I yeah, went to yeah. Shakira and JLo loop after that, like for days. That was a good one, Chris. It's not basic. Okay. All right. Good. Thank you. 
Sorry, Chris. I literally, I literally forgot that that happened this year. Why has this year been so long? I was like, guys, that was like last year, wasn't it? That was really this year. Okay, so, uh, well, Christine, how about you? Any two memorable moments for you? Yeah, I have a list, actually. Um, but my top two, honestly, is going to be uh, Machine Gun Kelly, him transcending into pop punk um, over rap rock. Um, I think that was a shocker just because I really like um, Tickets to My Downfall. And I really did not like Michigan Kelly as an artist for years. Like the whole like beef between him and Eminem. I was like, you know, some shady all the way. And then uh, Ticket to My Downfall uh, came out. And I really enjoyed that album. I haven't enjoyed like a pop punk um, album in a while, like years. And then he was in the dirt. So I think that like that too, like the mix was like really cool. So I became a Machine Gun Kelly fan this year. <laughs> so that was definitely... Um, the top and then honestly the other one is gonna have to be eddie van halen's passing um that one definitely affected a lot of people but i feel like a lot of people uh, also reflected on his legacy more than his death uh when i did my article a lot of people uh or i should say guitars were telling me you know he was the influence and the reason why they started playing guitar so his uh, passing was more uh, celebrated than more nice. So, um, uh, yeah, those are my top two of 2020. Okay. And uh, Matt, how about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. So um, out of everything that happened in 2020, I want to say, uh, <laughs> based on this previous conversation, I'm not sure that's on the table, but I'm saying anyways, uh, the fact that we basically will have chain reaction in our future because we're not only with the community coming together to raise like over from what I believe, like $100,000 to keep the venue just like vacant for a year while I was trying to figure everything out. In addition to to the recent stimulus pass that's going to benefit all the venues too, it feels like it's going to be safe to say right now that Chain Reaction is going to make it through. And I'm very, very excited for that first show whenever it's going to be, you know, just to walk back in those doors, just to feel that cool, fresh air conditioning and just, you know. I've always felt most at home at that venue too. For many years, I definitely considered it a second home and just, I've had a lot of memories. I've met a lot of friends um, and just missing the community aspect of it too. There's just really wasn't any other venue like it. And every time I do get asked what's my favorite venue, it's always been your action all the way. So I'm just very thankful that it will be um, hopefully, you know, for years to come in a foreseeable future. It's definitely chain reaction. Um, Blinding Lights, I'm not Blinding Lights, um, After Hours by The weekend. just to see that. Um, I know I'm really biased because I'm a huge The weekend fan, but the fact that, you know, not only is every song on the album killer, but just to see how much it's gross. And also, too, um, for those of you who don't know, he was set to play both the Grammys and the Super Bowl this year. He would have been the first artist to uh, have done that. But there was some controversy, so he's not playing the Grammys anymore. Um, but yeah, even still, just to see like the year, uh, like how much Abel's accomplished in this past year alone has been like absolutely like phenomenal. And then on the flip side of that too, it's been also really interesting to see, uh, independent artists, um, how like people who like just got their break, like right before the pandemic kind of navigate it. Um, the main artist I have in mind is an artist called, uh, Kenny Hoopla. He, um, he has um, kind of like 80s, um, kind of like alternative uh, vibes mixed in with like, um, I guess like hip hop instrumentals, I guess you could say, but he's a really like talented um, 
a performer that got a lot of stream in the beginning of the pandemic on K-Rock too. And he recently put out a collaboration with Travis Parker as well. So for any uh, fans of like the Smiths or like New Order or um, Joy Division, like if that's up your alley, definitely check out Kenny Hoopla because he's uh, definitely going... I'm gonna cut my head off. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah. I, I liked him a lot. And then also, too, uh, checking my biases again, too. I was really happy that we got a new Death Tones uh, record this year. It was kind of sad, too, because they had so much promotion leading up to it, especially with the Taurus Poppy and whatnot. And that would have been nice to see it unfold. But even still, they, you know, navigated the pandemic really well. And they definitely had a uh, pretty successful release. And this has been, you know, a really amazing album. Not only, not only the Ohms album that came out, but also the reissue of White Pony 2, just to hear, like, all the various uh, artists, like Robert Smith, yeah, and Fanagram, and um, Purity Ring, and just a, a wide different variety of artists just who all have been influenced by Death Sounds, just putting their, like, little taste on such a classic album. And then also, too, not only that, but just revisiting the album myself, just from track to track, it's, it's been amazing. Oh, and uh, uh, Mike from Lincoln Park, he uh, redid um, Passenger, like, this. Yeah, it was it was it was a really good year for Deftones, and then in addition to uh, Chino Moreno's uh, side project uh, Crosses, they actually recently put out a uh, uh, their first song in six years, and that makes me excited because it makes me feel like there's going to be another Crosses album in the near future. So even though it is a cover too, the fact that they put out material is just you know I'm very excited for that. But yeah, there's been a lot of ups and downs, but you know that's definitely one memorable 2020. Matt, I'm glad you mentioned Chain Reaction because that is a very memorable local uh, venue. And a little trivia, fun fact, that's uh, one of the first videos I went out to shoot for Concert Crap four years ago was at uh, Chain Reaction. It was one of the shortest... Yeah, it was one of the... And it was... We did a couple interviews there. And one of the interviews is one of our shortest interviews, but it's also the most viewed video we have. So it's a memorable venue and memorable moment for me too. But yeah, I miss that place too. Um, who yeah, else? thanks for sharing, Chris. Yeah, no problem. Uh, chain reaction. Definitely, my last uh, the last show I went to was actually at Chain, so that was definitely definitely a good venue. And Hopefully it looks like it will survive. Safe. I think it will be okay. For anyone mm-hmm. listening who's not from Southern California, it's a little. Um, it's an all ages venue, which is a huge deal. It's all ages, and it's in Anaheim, California, right next to Disneyland. I think it's also safe to say um, this may be, uh, you know. Uh, kind of over glorifying it, but I do really think it is the CBGBs of our generation for sure, without a doubt. Yeah, Southern California for sure, dude. Like, if it's unfold, a lot of bands got their start here, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Actually, just being out like around like the like, Southern California, I actually see a lot of people from a lot of different age ranges wearing the chain reaction merch that they were selling when they were trying to save it. So that was just so cool. Every time I see, I don't say anything to them, but I just look at them like, <laughs> hell yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm bummed. I never got to experience a show there. No, you well, can't. Ollie, people, it looks like it's going to survive another day. So fingers crossed that you can make a trip back, back to uh, California. We can all catch the show together. Absolutely. Keeping the future positive. Most definitely. That's all we can do. Right. Okay, guys. So we can't disappoint Corey. Yeah, I was going to say, to fulfill our requirement for this conversation, we have to talk about our (laughs) predictions for the future and not say 
that we hope concerts come back. Can't say generic shit. <laughs> He's gonna hate us when he hears this, but let's go on. <laughs> Wait, hold on. It's okay. Do you not remember two episodes ago when he said he was going to fire us all? So <laughs> that's, that's true. That's no way he's going to fire us all. <laughs> <laughs> Another platform. So future uh, future predictions and what we hope for in the new year for music. Uh, let's go around the table here. Allie, go ahead. You're first. All right. So outdoor shows. I feel like that's the best way to kind of connect with the audience because let's face it, the live streams are cool, but they're not cutting it. Um, so the problem with like drive shoot, drive shoot, drive through <laughs> shows is that everyone is stuck in their one place. The band is in a certain spot. That's all you're getting. So realistically, I do not think in your car. Get well, broke yeah, out of your car, dude. <laughs> your car and the two feet outside of your car that your doors can open where you're able to like be around oh yeah i know that's lame do you remember i don't think it's something that can happen but do you remember that one of the first shows that we did as a group discussion was the future of how concert would be handled and they were supposed to be like what we saw in the uk where they had the the stages that were set up for each crowd each group to have their own little vip section we never see yeah, we never saw that come over here. Never saw it. Yeah, it was but, just drive in I mean, and we stream. Have to take advantage. We have to take advantage of our outdoor spaces. But I think it would be cool because the thing, the drive-through concerts seems to be the most realistic thing because of people being able to distance distance themselves and be in their own little area would be imagine if you had the band touring on like not touring, but like on a little trailer driving through the crowd. The speakers are still picking up the same sound, so it sounds the same the entire time. But throughout the show, you're at least getting your kind of up-close moment with the band. I feel like that would be something to at least be like, oh, yeah, I got to be up close with the band for a few seconds. I like this. It's like the circus of music. I like it. It's like circus of music. Okay, that's good. Or even, like, say if if you have an indoor venue and the fact that we're able to save all these venues now, kind of like how they did in the U.K., have your little taped off boundaries of where parties are able to stand, make people wear their masks, have more jobs to be able to hire servers so that people aren't congregating to bar areas. You just have a specific server covering a certain section. I think that could be something to think about. Realistically, not going to happen, but an idea. Definitely uh, drive in concerts are definitely going to be the way to go in the foreseeable future. The only part that sucks about that is only caters to the higher end spectrum of artists who can sell out like capacity, like lower, like, you know, like indie artists, you know, don't stand a chance with that. But thinking about what Ali said, and then also pondering that question too, I definitely could see more of an amphitheater type setting, like mini amphitheater setting. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, there's like a venue called like the Garden Amphitheater in Garden Grove. It's like a little small mini amphitheater. I definitely could see like independent artists doing that. And okay. Just, uh, yeah, sitting people every other. And then um, I'm not sure if you guys have been to uh, the Shrine in LA for any of the big shows that they've had where they like sold out the auditorium and they've used the parking lot for that too. Possibly that, you know, doing like six feet differential. Um, you know, it, it would be kind of awkward just, you know, being standing all uniform like that. But hey, at least it is something. I definitely feel like, you know, as the time goes on, we're going to definitely see a lot more creative options, too, because, you know, we you can only go 
<laughs> so long without like you know just life entertainment and whatnot too it uh you know it really isn't just a luxury too it's just like you know just like uh i'm trying to find the words to say it but like you know just like essential living you know what i mean just emotion just like you know just expression so yeah it's definitely it's definitely vital too and I definitely think with um you know just as we're approaching like, you know, vaccine distribution and, you know, we're approaching the tail end of the pandemic too. I'm sure things will open up and I'm sure things will slowly start to get back to normal. But at the same time too, it'll be like a mid transition phase where we'll definitely see a lot more of and you get a little bit more creative to get more people in. Well, I hope to see, uh, like we saw over there, it was like the table service, servers coming to your table and, and like, come uh, get me a drink kind of thing. <laughs> so you don't have to actually go to the bar yeah. and wait in line. That'd be nice. Sam, how about you? What do you think? Predictions or uh, hopes for the future in music? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm really disappointed. I really wanted to go to a drive-in. And when I moved back up to the Boston area, it sucked because I only had a month left of like warm weather. So these outdoor drive-in concerts do not work in the cold because A, everyone's freezing. B, it's, it's a law that you can't leave your car running if you're not in it. So you'd be freezing or whatever, and it would just suck. But I really did like the idea of the drive-ins. And I've seen other countries. I don't know if anyone's done it over here yet. Uh, they do these pods and you rent out an area. And the areas are like eight feet apart. And up to like six people can sit in there. So you rent out this like little area. And it's just like basically where the mix is. And it's just like one of those stands. But there's a bunch of them everywhere. And you just stay in your pod the entire time. And then like there is a server that like comes to you. And then I imagine, I think this would work out really well if we just had a really, really long runway for the artist and we just like split it and it has an X and they can walk wherever the hell they want. Like I'm telling you this would work not for anyone that has any cold weather, but this would work. Okay. And I think it would be fantastic, (laughs) but it has to be like a live drive-in. I don't like the ones that are like, live at the drive-in and then it's like not really live and it's the video and i'm like what is the point of this this is just a, a movie like just put it on that page i'll watch it there uh, <laughs> uh Gigi, how about you what do you think uh predictions or hopes for the future in music for 2021 okay um i hope i don't disappoint Corey. i'm gonna do a realistic one and then a crazy one okay, okay so my realistic one is um you know going back to that i think that was like the first or second episode we did um, where we talked about drive-in concerts. I really, really, really liked the fact that you had to like text like a certain number when you had to go to the bathroom and then you were like in queue. And then when it was your turn, they would just text you and be like, okay, come to the bathroom. Cause I had a friend who went to a drive-in concert and that was their process for people who had to use the restroom. And I love that idea because you're not all like together and then it saves you time so you're not like missing out on like the show and you you know like you can plan it out a little better I really really like that and so I think that I hope that that's something that we can continue to do well into the future I mean like without masks I mean I'm talking like 10 years from now like I want to be able to text like I to get your drinks and then go to the line and stuff (laughs) plan out my drinking better I can plan out my potty breaks exactly like I I think that's a really really good idea and it keeps things like clean I just like that idea. I don't know. Okay. And then my outrageous one, um, Corey, I hope I don't disappoint here, but I think that obviously we're all missing concerts and everything. We're all upset over it. I think once everything's normal (laughs) um, and we get to go to concerts and do meet and greets again, uh, open mouth kisses to your favorite band. Just 
full on, just get in their action and just tell them how much you miss them. Open mouth kiss required. I don't know how to wait. How do I weigh that out? Gotta sign Exactly. Like just yeah. Time to bring back the summer of love, I think. It's it's been too long. Exactly. I'm coming for you, Brendan Neary. <laughs> really? Hmm. Oh, since I was 12 years old, hell yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that. All right. Well, I guess I now. Wanna... Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, I just want to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Okay, well, I think uh, this is the time where we throw it to Corey, and this is he'll have heard this by now when he records his segment. So, Corey, what do you have to say about what we just said? Plus, what are your thoughts on everything in, as far as music in 2020? Oh, hey, guys. Thanks for unlocking the door and letting me into the room so I can join you in on this conversation of 2020 and how wonderful or I guess not wonderful it has been for us. So uh, thank you, 2020, for accumulating all the uh, the hate, the political nonsense, the love, the uh, whatever the fuck you want to call it, whatever 2020 was, the shit show. Uh, thank you, 2020, for being here and ruining uh, life for us as we know it at, at, at the moment. Um, well, I guess here it is, my my picks for 2020 songs of the year, I guess. One of my top songs of the year, because first of all, I love this band. I've loved this band ever since I first heard about this band years ago. And I actually interviewed them this year on camera, which was my first on-camera interview for quite some time, was the band Conquer Divide and their song Chemicals. They went on a uh, kind of a, they kind of just ghosted and went on a very long hiatus, I think of maybe a couple of years. I'm not sure what happened there. I I don't want to get into it too much. I don't want to speculate or give any information that I don't know about, but I don't know what the reason was for them going on hiatus, but they're back. They're great. They're fantastic. They stepped up their game with their song Chemicals. Uh, Make sure you guys just check out this all-female rock hard rock metalcore group they are fucking fantastic they are amazing they are great people and i've like i said i interviewed them this year make sure you check out that interview as well this is not a shameless plug or anything but it is also a shameless plug because these people are wonderful in this group i've gotten to know them over the years and they have just grown with the site concert crap they have grown as a band as a whole and they're just fantastic and great overall And one of the other songs I really enjoyed this year was Bring Me the Horizon because they've always been at the top of the metalcore genre overall. And their song Parasite Eve, I loved when that song came out and I was just like, damn, this song is fucking phenomenal. This song rocks. This song is heavy. This song is everything Bring Me the Horizon is. And (laughs) actually, I'm looking at my uh, Spotify here and the top songs that I had for 2020 that I listened to and these two songs were at the very top and I'm not just choosing that because these songs are there at the top but it's because these songs were really I don't know they just came at a they they came at a good time they were released at a good time I don't know if both bands intended for them to be released 
uh, and I guess listen to me as much as they were. But these songs were fantastic. And going to my bold predictions of 2020, uh, the the group kind of, uh, they didn't really, I, I, I guess they kind of teased what, no, nah, they didn't re- even really tease what I was going to talk about. But what I told them, and I, this was just me sending them a bold prediction for 2020, is that music live streams, all music live streams, every single genre of live streams, whether it's a local band, a big band, a huge band, a country a music group, a rock music group, a rap music group, every single live stream is going to have a hologram of Tupac singing uh, a number, singing a uh, a little medley with, uh, with whatever artist is going to be live streaming them. And this is going to be a governmental law. So Joe Biden is going to sign a a uh a law what, what whatever it's called i don't know i don't know in politics don't ask me about politics but he's going to sign something that says every single live stream from here on out has to have a hologram of tupac singing a medley singing a song with uh whoever is live streaming whoever's hosting the event so be sure to check that out in 2021 and hopefully 2021 is a lot better to us than 2020 was so uh we'll see you guys then and Thank you if you have been along for the ride. First of all, if you've come this far in the in the pod in this podcast episode, or if you have joined us for any podcast episode, if you've supported us on our website, be sure to check out our website concertcrab.com. Uh, we have plenty of people working behind the scenes here. It's, it isn't just the people on the podcast. This is everybody who's working behind the scenes to make Concert Crab grow. I started Concert Crab mainly so I can get to know my favorite bands a little bit better and go to shows and enjoy shows and write about it because I love writing. I love music. I joined the two. And now I have this whole team. And now we have a podcast talking about what we love, music. So uh, music music is going to be around forever for all of us. So come and join us here at Concert Crap. I know I I shoot the shit a lot with a lot of people and I know I joke a lot and I'm sarcastic a lot with a lot of people on the team and on the podcast, but I truly am thankful for everybody who has followed us thus far and who follows us on social media, who follows us every avenue and every which way that we're supporting music and we're, uh, we're journaling about music and we're talking about music. So thank you for that. And thank you, uh, I'm I'm actually shooting I'm I'm not shooting this but I'm I'm recording this on December 31st of 2020 so tomorrow is a brand new year it's a brand new way of just motivating yourself to be a better person and grow as a better person and this isn't anything doesn't have anything to do with music but just make sure you're growing I know times are tough for everybody including myself I know times are tough I know it's hard for a lot of people, even a lot of people on the team here, but I support everyone in everything they're doing and just push yourself further to, to become a better person, make, make a, a sustainable income and just grow overall in life. And I, I don't usually do this, but I'm just rambling on now, but just thank you for everybody who's supported us along the way. And if you ever need anything, just feel free to reach out to us. We're always, I'm, I'm, whether it's me or somebody else, we're always answering every email, checking every email, 
answering every DM. So feel free to reach out and do whatever it is to connect with us more and just connect with others overall. And we'll see you in 2021. And thank you, team. Thank you, Concert Crap team, for being here along the way and helping support this thing we know and love that is music. Thank you. All right, so we have no idea what Corey just said, but hopefully it wasn't anything too insulting to any one of us. So it'd be nice to end on a high note. Anyways, thank you all for listening to our show. Thank you to Ali, Gigi, Sam, Christine, and Matt for being here. Uh, unfortunately, Scott couldn't make it today, but he's still part of our show, and he'll be into it into the new year. And so we look forward to seeing you back in 2021. We're going to take uh, next month off, so we'll be back in February. But we have a feature in January. Uh, Ellie, you interviewed somebody. Who did you interview? So I interviewed the local Denver band, Compass and Cavern. And I have to say, this was probably the most challenging interview that I've ever done, only because they were so amazing. I'm used to being the person that has to bring out like that positive, fun energy out of a band and get them excited for the interview. But these guys were so ready for it great people i'm so excited for the future that they have to like that they're going to have in the industry and i think you guys are really going to like their music and definitely check out that interview and watch it on youtube especially because there are parts of it that will not make that much sense unless you get the visual Uh aha okay oh it's open open mouth kissing again i see all right <laughs> well, Chris, you hear that? <laughs> I just want to be involved somehow. I don't know. Anyways, all right. So, on behalf of all of us here at Concert Crap, we're finally done with 2020. On to 2021, we all made it. Thank goodness. We'll see you all soon. On behalf of everybody here, Corey, Ellie, Gigi, Sam, Christine, Matt, and Scott. I'm Chris Ventura. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you. Can I say it? We'll see you next year. Oh, I did it. Oh. Ah! <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> Hasta la pasta.